Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Throwdown Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Henry. This is a podcast where we keep you up to date in sports, and we go over all the relevant questions that you want to know the answers to. So in today's episode, we're going to get started with our big headlines. We're going to move on to a brand new segment. Actually, it's not new because I did I did it a few episodes ago, but we're bringing it back. It's called Winners and Losers. So it's basically just how it sounds. So from last week, NFL Week 5, and we go over like the winners and the losers. You'll find out after we go over big headlines. And then we're going to go into uh, talking about Week 6, some big questions uh, that we're going to go over there, answer the relevant questions you want to know. So we're going to get started with our big headlines. So starting off our big headlines is some massive news. Just announced earlier this morning, about six hours ago, the Atlanta Falcons shut down their facility on Thursday morning after a member of their organization tested positive for COVID-19. This is huge. They just shut everything down. There's a lot of unanswered questions that come with this, and I wish I could give you guys answers, but I can't because we do, we don't know what's going to happen with this. We don't know what's going to happen with the Carolina Panthers because they played uh, the Falcons last week. We don't know. We uh, there's there's so much that we don't know about this. All we know is that the Atlanta Falcons have uh, have shut down their facility. So that that's huge news there. And then getting into our other big headline is Le'Veon Bell is now a free agent. That is huge news right there. Two days after being released from the New York Jets, he plans to sign with either the Chiefs, Dolphins, or Bills. So this would be this would be awesome. I personally would love to see him go back to the Steelers, where Bell spent the first uh, five years of his career. It, that, that I'd love to see that. So the 28-year-old running back is in the second year of his four-year $52 million contract. Any team who claims Le'Veon Bell on waivers will be will be on the hook for his remaining salary. So far, Le'Veon Bell earns just over $28 million of his contract. That that uh, So that means... Pretty much, there's still a lot of money left for him to get. And Bell, uh, career earnings after making just over $16 million with his time with the Steelers, one of the league's most productive running backs in 2014 and 2017. Le'Veon Bell rushed for over 863 yards and three touchdowns while averaging just 3.6 yards per carry in less than two years with the Jets. He also caught 30, uh, 69 passes for 500 yards in one touchdown. So as you can see from those numbers right there, not great with the Jets. But when he was with the Steelers, he was dominant top running back of the league. I would love to see him go back to the Steelers, but it looks like right now he's targeting either the Chiefs or the Dolphins. I don't think he's going to go to the Chiefs because he obviously wants to be on a winning team now. Um, I would not, I would not see him as a Dolphin because he wants to be on a winning team. You can tell. Anyway, those were our big headlines for today, and now we're going to move on to our winners and losers of Week Five. Okay, time for winners and losers of Week 5, which was last week. So last week's big winner was the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers, so far this season, have had a huge success. And this was the team that was limping its way to a 5-11 and season last year, which was just horrible. They just were horrible last season. But this season, three of the team's games that have come against uh, 500 teams or better on each week that has looked better than the last week. Just the offense is clicking and the defense, which no one has seen coming. And now that Christian McCaffrey is going to be coming back either next or next, uh, this week or the week after, it's going to, it's, it's going to be good because the, the Panthers are looking very good this season. Okay, our big loser was the NFC East. It wasn't that long ago that the NFC East was the 
like the model of success for the NFL. Year in, year out, you could really see the the NFC East sending like an, a legit contender to the playoffs, sometimes even two. But the now the injury of Dak Prescott really underscores how sad this division has come. Like it, you can see how sad it is. The Cowboys are leading with a two and three record. They're leading the league with a or not the league, the, the NFC East, the division with a three and two record, and now we have the exciting play of Andy Dalton to look forward to. So <laughs> that will be, I'm guessing we'll probably have them as our big loser for coming up in coming up weeks. So our other winner was the Cleveland Browns. It's been super, super easy to sleep on the Browns, but their season, uh, with their season opening, like whatever that was against the Ravens, set, set the tone uh, to Cleveland. But now for the second week in a row, the Browns have pulled up a quality win against a very solid team, just like a quality opponent. Baker Mayfield is playing far from perfect football, but the in the the fat the thing is, he he's barely on pace to pass three thousand yards or three thousand passing yards this season. But the Browns have on both sides of the ball that like that they're able to get it done. I feel Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham are fast and becoming more dangerous re- receiving just just beasts like they're, they're they're becoming more dangerous after week after week and paired up with a solid tight end with Austin Hooper the offense has so many good weapons uh, I know they lost Nick Chubb but what we've seen come from Kareem Hunt has, has filled in he's filled in perfectly and of course none of this would really be possible without a good defense and that is coming in play as well while not a great defense with like yards and points wise Cleveland has been making the plays that they need to be making. The Browns are the NFL's best plus 16 in turnover margin, which really tells the story here. Next week will be a major test against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but if the Browns win, if the Browns win against Pittsburgh Steelers, which I don't think they are, but if they do, they could they could win this division. I'm not even I'm not even going to lie to you. That's a that's a hot take right there. <laughs> Winner, Ryan Fitzpatrick. There is Fitz magic is what we're calling it now on that how was happening on Sunday the short term obviously is is getting that win over the 49ers which is which was very impressive uh especially what we saw from Ryan Fitzpatrick he's just done it again and so far this season he's been he's our big winner for this season really the dude is just he's just actually looking good at the incredible age that he's performing at he's actually performing very very good and and Another that uh, that uh, it's it's mind like babbling and amazing that another team should sign him to a massive contract. At this point, he's in his tenth NFL tenth con- uh, NFL contract, and he's made over seventy one million dollars. Tenth NFL contract, seventy one million dollars, and it's amazing that another team thinks that they should sign him to a massive contract. It's it's insane. It's the best. It's 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 insane. I I can't. It's just crazy. Okay, our loser is all of New York City. Just all of it. There's there's something about knowing that the Jets and the Giants are both zero and five. Don't get me wrong. It's not that I want to laugh at those teams. It's because they just. It seems like they just. It's they're just not. They're so bad. That it's not funny, it's almost kind of sad. 
in every other sport, New York is is able to either uh, outspend or out or out attract almost everyone else. Of course, this is often like doesn't like of course like success. I mean, <clears throat> Knicks, but the potential is there, and the NFL it just comes down just comes down to how well you draft the coach in the play. The both these teams stink so much. It's ridiculous. It's beautiful. We should own it. Anyway, that is going to do it for our winners and losers. Love that segment. That's my new favorite segment, honestly. So we have to fit in a short sponsorship break, but when we come back, we're going to talk some more football. We're going to go over some big questions heading into week six, things to watch for week six, and just straight up talking some more football. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You have a lot to say. Maybe you've thought, I should start a podcast. Meet Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. It's a powerful mobile app and web tool that lets you record a podcast anywhere and distribute it everywhere. It's great whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out. And it's 100% free. You can record your show straight into Anchor on your phone, iPad, or the web using any mic you want. Record alone or with friends or co-hosts anywhere in the world. We can't wait to hear your podcast. We're back from that short break. So we got a really, really good question sent in. If you'd like to send a question, you can email at throwdownsports1 at gmail.com or uh, message me through socials, links down below. But anyway, our question that got sent in, I love this question. What are you expecting from the Cowboys offensively moving forward? Okay, so ignore the defense right now. I'm focusing on offense, and it's all going to come down to, so Andy Dalton is starting quarterback, no Dak Prescott. Dalton in, Dak Prescott out. I am so concerned for the Cowboys about this offensive line for Andy Dalton because he's obviously, obviously not as good as a runner as Dak Prescott. Not as He's not as mobile. He doesn't have the ability to move out of the pocket as, as Dak Prescott does. Passing, on the other hand, Dalton really isn't that far off from Dak Prescott. But again, as a mover in and out of the pocket, there is a massive difference. Massive difference. And, and Dallas needs to understand that it is going to cost them some offensive numbers. They need to see that coming. They need to see that it's it's going to cost them. Like, it will cost them. Like, like it will. And I would definitely lower the expectations for all the wide receivers. All of them. If you have... If you have one of them in your fantasy league, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, Mario Cooper, I, I have C.D. Lamb on my fantasy team, and I am not going to start him. I'm probably going to either cut him or try to get some trade value. But if you have a Dallas wide receiver on your fantasy team, I don't know. I would not I would not feel good. But if you have Ezekiel Elliott, on the other hand, you're golden. You're looking golden if you have Ezekiel Elliott because Elliott is Elliott. And he they they feed him. They will feed him. Like they fed him even with that Prescott. Now that Prescott's out, they're I'm thinking they're gonna go like sixty percent, seventy percent of the time. I think they're gonna be running the ball. They're gonna be running a lot more than they are gonna be passing. But uh, the question was, what are your expectations? My expectations are run the ball a lot. Dalton's not gonna be passing that much, and which means the wide receivers are not gonna be catching that much. So the expectation for the Cowboys offense, I really can't say like how they're going to do like wins and losses wise. But after this first game, we're going to see, we're going to see what it's like having Dallin starting quarterback. And we're going to just, we're going to see what, what that's going to be like. I'm very, very interested to see what's going to happen. Okay. That is going to do it for our question. 
And we're going to move on to our next segment called Love or Hate. Yay! Okay, our next segment is a brand new segment I think you guys would like. It's called Love or Hate. So basically, in a way, it's like starting and sit them, but not really. It's got, I got like a little twist in it. So basically, I'll go over a quarterback that I love going into week six, quarterback I hate going into week six. Same thing with running back, wide receiver. So let's get right into it, starting with quarterback. I love Matthew Stafford for the Detroit Lions going against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And here's why. So, what I don't love is that Stan- uh, Matthew Stafford is ranked 21st in- among quarterbacks this-, this season. That's not great. Do not love that. But, in his past 10 games with Kenny Galladay acti- uh, active, which, by the way, he hasn't been active. He's been injured. Matthew Stafford is averaging over 20.7 fantasy points. I definitely love that. I love th- even more. I love that they're going against this Jacksonville Jaguars defense. That allows the fourth most passing yards amongst quarterbacks. And they allow quarterbacks to complete 75.8% of passes. That's the highest rate in the NFL. Three of the four quarterbacks that have faced, that have faced the Jacksonville Jaguars defense this year have put, up, have put up at least 24 fantasy points. Bill Brewers in week one was the only one not to do it. But also coming off of a bye week, that helped even more. So with two weeks to prepare for this <coughs> defense, <coughs> I like Matthew Stafford, and I definitely... Uh, think that he will have like, a top 10 quarterback day for sure in week six. Okay, that was our love quarterback for going into week six. And quarterbacks I hate going into week six is going to be Baker Mayfield for the Cleveland Browns against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, I was just going, I was just talking about how good the Browns are doing. And yes, the Browns are 4 0. But the important part is always there is the defense. You've got to look at who they're going against. And I've said so many times how good the Steelers defense is. They're playing the best defense in the league. They're playing a super good defense. We don't even have to talk about how good Steelers' defense is. We all know how good their defense is. Running the ball well is is what they're what they've been doing good, and not asking Baker Mayfield to win games for them. That's what they've been doing. On pace to throw for just over three thousand one hundred yards this season, Baker Mayfield's just the twenty fifth among quarterbacks in passing attempts per game which is insane. Baker Mayfield has fewer than 16 fantasy points in every game this year. And when pressured this season, Baker Mayfield ranks 28th among qualified quarterbacks in completion percentage and 30th in yards per attempt. So basically, what I'm, what I'm trying to get at, the Browns are doing very, very good. Browns good. Pittsburgh Steelers defense, really, really good. Baker Mayfield been doing good leading the Browns. Baker Mayfield not going gonna do good against the Steelers defense. Basically, is a simple way to put it. And another way to put it, Cleveland Browns are doing good. Baker Mayfield really hasn't even been doing that good that season, but the Cleveland Browns have been doing good. I don't know if that really makes sense. Baker Mayfield doing bad. Uh, Cleveland Browns are doing good. I, I, I know that doesn't really make sense. But anyway, we're gonna move on to running backs. Running backs I love going into week six is going to be Mike Davis for the Carolina Panthers versus the Chicago Browns. It is crazy. You cannot spell Chris McCaffrey without Mike Mike, uh, Mike Davis, okay? it's Mike Davis has done so good filling in for Chris McCaffrey that it's, as a Panthers fan and as a Chris McCaffrey fan, as one of my favorite players in the NFL, he's done just thank you, Mike Davis. Mike Davis, Wow. Just what a guy. What what a guy. At least 22 fantasy points and a touchdown in each of his past three games. He And he has already 
and he already has three different games with at least eight eight repetitions or eight receptions tied for most among all running backs. While I expect the Bears to shut down Teddy Bridgewater, he Teddy Bridgewater is not going to have the best game. But going back to Mike Davis because this isn't about Teddy Bridgewater. Mike Davis is still, or Teddy Bridgewater is still going to be checking down to Mike Davis. Uh, four of the five running backs go, uh, to get at least 14 touches versus Chicago so far this season have scored at least 14 fantasy points. Playing his former team, I expect Mike Davis to have another great week filling in for Chris McCaffrey. Also, I forgot to mention Chris McCaffrey has been ruled out for week six, so which means he will most likely be coming back for week seven back that I hate for this week is actually going to be two running backs, and it is going to be Melvin Gordon and Philip Renzi for the Denver Broncos going against the Patriots. The thing is with these guys, it's just like the Buccaneers, uh, uh, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones Jr. You never know. One of them might do really, really good, and the other one's going to do really, really bad. They don't have a like medium amount of touches, which is what they need to be getting. Like one guy needs to be getting eight touches per game, the other guy needs to be getting nine touches per game. Instead, they either go heavy on one guy and not anything on the other guy. Like they go like three touches to Melvin Gordon one week and twelve touches, fourteen touches to Philip Lindsay that same week. Then the next week, Melvin Gordon will get up in the teens and Philip Lindsay will get like one or two. So you just never know. So I just say bench them both. That's what I said for the Buccaneers. That's what I'm saying for these guys. Just bench them both, really. Okay, pass catchers I love going into week six is going to be Calvin Ridley and the Atlanta Falcons for uh, for the Atlanta Falcons going against the Vikings. While we aren't sure, I'm not very sure what's going what's gonna to happen here because, of course, we know that they shut down their facility. We don't really know if they're even going to play. But... Tied for second most end zone targets, Calvin Ridley has a good shot at just. So let's just say that they're going to play for now. Let's say that the Atlanta Falcons are playing against the Vikings, even though they're most likely probably going to probably not going to play. But Calvin Ridley is getting so many targets in the red zone that it's insane, and that's bringing in so many fantasy points. Of the four wide receivers to get at least seven targets versus Minnesota this season, three of them have scored 22 fantasy points at least. And Calvin Ridley is averaging 9.8 targets per game. So, it's crazy. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Again, Atlanta Falcons probably aren't even going to play. If they do, definitely start Calvin Ridley in your fantasy week. Or in your fantasy team this week. Okay. A pass catcher that I hate going into week 6 is going to be DJ Moore for the Carolina Panthers versus the Chicago Bears. Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore were the fantasy must-starts on the Panthers entering the season. Now McCaffrey is injured, and Moore is the third receiving option on the team. I know. How crazy is that? It's, just, it's insane. In the, just in the past three games, Moore has just a 15% target share compared to Robbie Anderson at 30% and Mike Davis at 25%. So, basically, Mike DJ Moore is just not getting targeted at all, which is not bringing in any catches, any yards, any touchdowns, which is not bringing in any fantasy points. Even if he gets more targets on Sunday, it's going to be hard to do much with them against this Bears defense. That has just given up. That's just given up one wide receiver touchdown all year, and and has allowed 56.3 catch rate to opposing wide receivers, best in the NFL defensively. Uh, I have DJ Moore outside my top 25 this week. Cannot see him having a good game. But anyway, that's going to do it for our love and hate for today's episode and that's just gonna do it for today's episode in general i hope you guys enjoyed hope that love and hate helped you out anyway i'm henry peace out everybody